Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I'm so glad you joined me tonight. Whatever part of the world you're listening to me from, whatever time zone, whatever country or state, I'm so glad you're with me tonight. Tonight I'm going to be starting a new subject in the 12 Pillars of Faith, and the subject is entitled My Family. For the believer, there are two kinds of family, the natural family, the one you are born into in the flesh, and the spiritual family, the one you are born into in the spirit. So I'm really looking forward to tonight. And tonight I'm going to be doing two parts with it. Because normally I do, I try to do one part because there's these 12 pillars of faith. My pastor, Pastor Ronnie Howard Brown, he taught, the Lord gave him, all of these, uh, he gave him a, a whole year's worth of of teachings that he, he gave, he delivered to the church, and I think it was 2008, maybe. I have to double check on that year. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but he gave them uh, to to Pastor Rodney, and then uh, Pastor Rodney made these teachings available on uh, under Soul Winning Tools at Revival dot com, and I got permission to teach them, so. I really love this this whole entire series. So, um uh since since normally like there's four four weeks in well, I should say there's four Saturdays in this month. And I I missed one Saturday, so I'm going to tonight I'm doing two two lessons. And uh as I said, I'm I'm looking forward to teaching it. If you have any prayer requests at all or there's uh, any questions you have or there is any um, testimonies even, comments uh, anything like that, feel free to email me at firetalkradio2 that's the number 2 at yahoo.com that's fire talk radio two the number two at yahoo.com and uh so you're more than welcome to to do to send me a request or a testimony and also if you have any prayer requests you can call and you can talk to somebody at eight six six eight five seven four eight three seven that is eight six six eight five seven four eight three seven and uh should be live operators standing by and if they're not standing by there there will be uh there will be um you can there you can still call because you'll you'll still get prayer. So 
But right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to a song or two. I'm not sure how many songs until I get there, but um, I want to uh, I want to go ahead and play some music. It's by Leland. You know, one of the uh, one of my favorite songs of theirs, or at least one that really, of course, they all touch my heart, but. One of them is Carrie. It's called Carrie to the Table. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of um, of when King David he was uh, he was friends with with Jonathan, the son of Saul, and and um, but uh, Saul and Jonathan died in battle, and and Jonathan uh, you know asked him to, he promised that he would never he would never uh, kill anybody from his family. And uh, he kept that promise, and one day he asked if anybody was alive from from that bloodline, and they said yes. It was one of uh, was a child that was uh, dropped uh, by its maid, by its nurse uh, or nanny, when they were fleeing from in the war uh, that King David was having. And uh, so they, and he felt that she dropped him, and uh, he got crippled. And so King David sends sends somebody to go go tell him that uh, to come, that the king's looking for him, and he's scared, thinking he's going to get killed because he's of the, the household of Saul. Well, when he gets there, David says, "Oh, you, from now on, you're going to eat at my table, the king's table. You're going to eat at my table every single day." And it's an amazing story, and it makes me think of how, when we have Jesus in our heart, then the, then we are His. We are seated with Him. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're seated at His table, the banquet table, the banquet feast. We're seated with Him. And it's just, it's a beautiful story. I'm going to go ahead and play it, maybe another song, but and I'll be right back with you. Be blessed. Wounded and forsaken, I was shattered by the fall. Broken and forgotten Feeling lost and all alone Summoned by the king Into the master's courts Lifted by the savior And cradled in his arms I was carried to the table
For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. For the believer, there are two kinds of family. The natural family, the one you are born into in the flesh, and the spiritual family, the one you are born into in the spirit. The natural, of course, is with a father and a mother. We had, we all had our beginning with the union of a male and a female. Coming together in intimacy, producing life. This was and still is God's plan. Spiritual, the new birth, a sinner comes to Jesus and by confession of his or her need of a savior, he or she acknowledges the cross, the blood and his or her need for redemption. By the seed of the word of God and intimacy with God through the Holy Spirit, he or she is born again into the family of God. They are now sons and daughters of the Father. Christian life and family guidelines. You can find an example of this in Colossians 3. I try to have all the scriptures right in front of me, but for some reason I missed this one. But why don't you go ahead and turn with me in your Bible to Colossians 3, and that's uh, verses 5 through 25. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you, starting at verse 5. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, 
and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as a Lord and not as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. That was Colossians right there. And you know what? Actually, I really do think that I actually have... I. <laughs> I try to have all of them in front of me, all the scriptures. And um, I thought I had that one for for some reason. Hmm. Some reason I didn't have it. But I looked it up really quick. Now, they say that blood is thicker than water, but natural families often have many problems, as you and I no, uh, everybody, no one's immune. And families are joined by blood. They're often divided. Many won't even talk to each other. They haven't talked to each other in years. And it may be just over really very petty reasons, situations, things. For example, Cain and Abel. In Genesis 4.1, it talks about uh, um, verses 1 through 8. It says, Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. 
and Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. That was the very first murder. Cain killed his brother Abel. It was really ever a petty thing because he was jealous and... uh, he was, it was, um, he took a long, he, it says, and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the first of the ground to the Lord. But Abel brought his right away and with a pure heart and, and God and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain or his offering. Really, this was something that Cain brought on himself. And uh, instead he got angry, jealous of his brother, instead of instead of being humble and admitting that what he did was wrong and repenting for it and, and trying to, to do better, he, he got, as I said, jealous and angry and killed his brother. You may notice in this show there's a lot of scripture given. It's a, it's a, the show is based, uh, you know, there are a lot of places you can put your show. You can put it in the Bible. You can put it in Christianity. You can put it in whatever. I put mine in the Bible because it's going to have a lot of word in it because the word is the plumb line. The word, word is final authority. And by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and so... Um, and and it it does not return void. The word does not return void, but accomplishes that which is set out to do. So the word is very important. It's living and sharper. Uh, it's living and uh, quicker, quick and sharper, sharper, sharper than any two-edged sword. I probably didn't quote all of that, but um, so it's very important. It it pierces our heart and it 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 will change us if we let it as the old saying the word works if you work it another example of of a of division between family members is Esau and and um Jacob this, uh, once when Jacob was cooking stew, oh, this is Genesis twenty-five, twenty-nine through thirty-four. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, "Let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted." Therefore, his name was called Edom. Jacob said, "Sell me your birthright now." Esau said, I am about to die. Of what use is a birthright to me? 
Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Jacob and Esau, they were twins, and uh, when it talks in the Bible about them wrestling in their mother's womb, and and uh, they were, it seems like they were wrestling in kind of in division in the womb before they were even born. Well, Esau was born first, and Jacob came out holding his uh, his heel, and um, and uh, so since Esau was born. first, First, he was the firstborn, and uh, he had it was his right to have the birthright. Uh, plus, his father really liked him a lot because he went out and he and he caught a he was a he was a hunter and he's a quote man's man and he brought him brought back a lot of good venison or whatever it was that they caught back then, and then his his mom cooked it. And but Jacob, he was very gentle and and. Uh, and uh, his mom really liked him, so it was almost like it was almost like a division between mom and dad too, because the father liked the son and the mother liked the other son. And you can read in Genesis 27 how Jacob tricked his father into giving him Esau's blessing. So through the convincing of his mother, Jacob. Uh, the the mom she like I said you can read about it in Genesis twenty seven but the mother she she uh, she disguised him and the, the father was hard of seeing his eyes were not couldn't see as well then but he he went ahead and and he tricked his father into believing that he was Esau it was Jacob and so the father gave the the blessing that should have rightfully gone to Esau because it was the the firstborn's blessing. And then when Esau came in and had no idea, and then the father realized he was tricked, and Esau begged him for for the blessing. He says, "What I bless, I cannot, I can't take it back. Once once I've given the blessing um, of God, it it can't it can't be taken back." And so he was he was devastated. He was angry. He he was he was angry at his brother and the father blessed him but it almost sounded more like a almost like a curse when you read it but it was um so anyway so you can read all about that in Genesis 27 and and keep reading on and with that but you see here where these are two examples of Cain and Abel their brothers and Esau and Jacob People who pledge to commit, uh, you know, a man and a woman in, in the biblical sense, uh, the biblical marriages between a man and a woman, and when when a man and a woman marry and they they make a commitment, they pledge to life with each other that they uh, so many end up getting divorced. They cannot or they just will not get along at all for whatever reason. They just don't want to try. They don't want to make the effort. And so they claim incompatibility. 
They get a divorce. Now, this division, it spills over into other relationships outside of blood families, even into the family of God. So it can spill over into other relationships like uh, just friends who, or coworkers or members at your church. The number one reason for the breakdown of relationships is that people have no understanding of covenant. What does a covenant mean, you may ask? It is a commitment not based on feelings or circumstances, but on a conscious decision. For example, you know, maybe you maybe I'm in a bad mood one day or just for whatever reason I'm just in a crabby mood and somebody comes along and, and you know, they're just I'm trying to explain something to them, they're not quite getting through or just maybe just I don't want to deal with people. Well my flesh wants to just snap at them and be crabby and but my my uh the spirit my spirit is no no don't do that and allowing god's love in me to rise up in me and to give the love of god with them instead of saying the first thing off the top of my head but allowing god in that conscious decision allowing god to minister to them and to walk in love Because this covenant, it springs out of the agape love of God. I'm going to pause right there for a second. And on a side note, since I was talking about the agape of love, I mean the agape love of God, I want to tell you that tomorrow on Valentine's Day, it is the one-year anniversary of Fire Talk Radio. One year ago, tomorrow, was the very, very first episode, very first episode of Fire Talk Radio. And tomorrow is a very special, uh, very special episode, not just because it's a one-year anniversary, but because a lot of people, I feel, deal with what I'm going to be talking about. It's called Love is Not a Four-Letter Word. And this is a description that I put in in there. It says, do you associate love with pain, betrayal, and even abuse? Have the people who claim to have loved you caused you extreme pain and made it hard for you to trust anyone? Have you been raised to believe that God is holding a big stick ready to beat you over the head when you make a mistake? Do you think that that no matter what you did, it will never be enough to earn God's love. Perhaps you feel you have done too many things wrong or committed too many crimes for God to love you. Maybe you did something so atrocious you feel you can never be forgiven. Join me tonight on this, the one-year anniversary of Fire Talk Radio, as I 
speak on the subject of agape love. God's love is unconditional. He loves you so much. Love is not pain. Love is not abuse. And love is not a four-letter word. So that's for tomorrow night at 8 p.m. on Valentine's Day. 8 p.m. If you miss it live, you can always come back and you can you can um, you can listen to it. Uh, listen to the archives. The archives will be 24/7 uh, episodes on demand, uh, podcast on demand. So you can listen to it tomorrow. Or live, or as I said, you can go to uh, um, the archive. Listen to the archive. And earlier, I talked about Mephibosheth. My goodness, that's like a tongue twister. <laughs> Mephibosheth. I was always told if I couldn't pronounce a really big word with a lot of syllables in it, just go by the syllable like Constantinople is. I think has the most syllables. I I think that has a, a lot. So you go, Constantinople. So Constantinople. So just pronounce it me, Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth or Meribal is a person in the Hebrew Bible. He, I'm reading this from Wikipedia, but it says he was the son of Jonathan and the grandson of Saul. He was five years old when his father and grandmother, his father and grandfather fell in the battle of Mount Gilbo. So he was Jonathan's son. And uh, you can read about him in 2 Samuel 9. That is 2 Samuel 9. So you can read about that there. And let's see, for some reason, this, normally I get to send out on here under promote, I get to send out and say, I'm broadcasting live on the air, please listen now. Uh, If you want to join me, listen live. But for some reason, it's not working. This is the second time it's not working. So I emailed and hopefully I'll get a response and get it fixed so that people can know it's live. So, but anyway, little side note there. Now, back to the lesson. (laughs) Let's see here. Let's see where I was at. Okay, I was talking about the covenant springing forth out of agape love, the agape love of God. Covenant is this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's commitment. John 3:16 through 17 reads for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life There are five kinds of love agape which is self-sacrificial love Storge, affection. Phileo, friendship. Eros, romance, sexual intimacy. 
and epithumia, which is desire, attraction, lust. A covenant based on anything other than agape, unselfish love, cannot stand. Affections fail. Friendships fail. Romance fails. Physical love fails. And attraction fails. But the agape love of God never fails. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 8, it reads, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, when that which is part, which is in part, will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide, faith, hope, Love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And that was 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 8. Talking about agape love right there, love of God. If we allow the the love of God to to rise up big inside of us and, and allow the love of God to take over when we're in situations and conflicts and just times we don't feel like dealing with things, then all will be well. Don't allow the flesh to to rise up and do what it feels like. And everything will be fine. 
that right now is the end of the first lesson. I guess I should have given you a little bit of a heads up. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go to part two in a few moments here after I've had some, uh, sorry, played some music, I should say. Just trying to decide which which song I want to play. and But um, I'll let you know that if nobody has ever told you that God loves you and he has a great plan for your life, I'll let you know right now that God has a great plan for your life. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? I've been talking about natural family and the spiritual family, the family of God. If you want to be, don't you want to be a part of the family of God and official part adopted into the family of God? So the Holy Bible reads, we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you want to make sure that you're going to go to heaven, just mean it with your heart and just repeat after me. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the dead and are coming back again for me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the things of God. I mean, a passion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again. I am forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. And also... It's important to forgive everyone who's ever hurt you. So pray this prayer of forgiveness to say, Dear Lord Jesus, I forgive everyone who ever hurt, neglected, or abused me. It was not my fault. I forgive myself for anyone I ever hurt, neglected, or abused, including myself. Jesus, I release them. I receive your forgiveness. Fill me with your peace, your joy, and your love. Amen. I want to tell you right now, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it gives me the greatest pleasure to tell you right now, all of your sins are forgiven you right now. All of heaven is rejoicing right now because you said that prayer. They're welcoming your home, you home, and they're just really excited that all of heaven is celebrating right now. I'm going to go to a song or two, 
And I will be right back to start with the second lesson, which will be titled Living in the Family of God. That's Living in the Family of God. I'll be right back.
now for part two of this lesson. Since, as I said, I if you just tuned in, I'm doing two parts because I um, I didn't do one a week ago. I was finishing up on the subject of worship, and so tonight I'm moving two, so I'll be all caught caught up. Excuse me. <laughs> So this is entitled Living in the Family of God. This subject is my family. The foundation scripture is Colossians 3, 5 through 25. I'm going to be dissecting some of this a little bit. And starting at verse 5. I read this earlier, so I'm going to read it again. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator, Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you, 
and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. That was the NIV version. That was Colossians 3, verses 5 through 25. I just wanted to make a note here. It says, uh, children, obey your parents in everything for it pleases the Lord. And when we honor our father and mother, it's the first commandment with the promise that we'll have long life for doing this. I just felt like I wanted to make a little, um, uh, I don't know if the word disclaimer or whatever you want to call it, just explain something here uh, that some people might not be aware. I don't want to just simply assume that you, I'm not saying I know everything, but I don't want to assume that you know uh, certain stories of the Bible because I know that a lot of people tune into this radio because they're searching for the answers. They're searching different religions, they're searching different different things to find what's true, what is the truth. So and there are people who have never heard the Bible before and I don't want to assume that everybody listening knows the entire Bible and every single story and every single thing. Like I said, I'm not saying I knew everything but I just wanna help you understand best I know. It says freely receive, freely give because freely received. What I know I'm imparting to you. And anyway, when it says children obey your parents in everything, it's also referring to um, like submitting to your husband, why submit to your husbands as it is fitting in the Lord. Um like, for example, here, or slaves obey your earthly masters and everything. It's talking about obedience and submitting. Well, I just want to let you know, yes, that's all true. Of course it is. But, as I was saying earlier, the Bible is final authority. If, it, if they're telling you to go out and murder somebody, or to go rob a bank, or to go and embezzle, or commit adultery, or go beat somebody up or do something that is not of God, then you don't obey them in that you say, I love you, but the Bible says I'm not supposed to kill anybody. I love you, but the Bible tells me I'm not supposed to go and steal. The Bible tells me I'm not supposed to commit adultery. So whatever the Word of God is telling you is wrong, if somebody tells you, whether they're your husband Yes, you have to submit. Yes, you have to obey your parents, but not if they tell you to go commit murder or some kind of crime that you know is wrong or that you look up in the Bible and say, hey, that doesn't feel right. Let me talk to somebody about it. If I don't know, that, there's not talking about that. It's talking about everyday natural things. I just wanted to let you know that because, like I said, I'm not going to assume 
that everybody knows everything about about this and of you know so anyway I think I made my point about that I don't know everything but I know I'm giving to you so I just want to let you know so that you're aware of it and anyway moving right along here as my pastor says <laughs> In the family, we have been raised to a new life through Jesus Christ. He was raised to new life. Jesus was raised to new life. And therefore, we have been raised up with him. Because we were uh, we were crucified uh, with, with Christ. Um, we were, that's what water baptism is a symbol of, that we were crucified with Christ, I mean, and uh, Christ, Jesus had all the sin and disease of the world, and and uh, his death, burial, resurrection, when we're baptized in water, it's the death of the old man, the old person, or the old woman, that, the old person that we used to be, and we're immersed fully into the water, and, and, and then we're raised, with Christ. It's the death of the old man and we're raised and to new life. And all of that is gone. So um but we are we are to seek the rich eternal treasures that are above in the heavenlies. Set your mind on higher things. You died with Christ. You were buried with him, and you have been raised to a new life with him, like I was talking about a few seconds ago. We're putting off the old, like in verses 5 through 9, it says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed which is idolatry, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So we're putting off the old and we're putting on the new, verses 10 through 12. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, But Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Oh, I just lost my place. (laughs) So here we are. Let's see. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I actually want to verse one too many, but that's all right. 
not only win their eyes on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. So talks all about uh, Christian family conduct, the husbands, how the husbands, the wives, the children, the parents, the fathers, and the servants are supposed to conduct themselves, giving them wisdom. And the Word of God, it must be the foundation for our lives. That's a strong foundation. You know, when they're building something, they they lay a foundation for it that makes sure it's got a solid foundation and can hold the building up. Just like a a tree uh, has a foundation in its roots. And the tree, when a tree comes up, it's got that solid foundation and those roots that are, are we're talking about really tall, maybe an oak tree. It's it's really older and it's, it's tall and it's got the roots firmly planted and it's got a good foundation. So when the winds blow, the hurricane, whatever it is, and that tree has got a solid foundation. And finally, in closing of this of this um, of this lesson, I want to uh, let you know a couple of things. For example, there's foundational things you must do in order to live your life prosperously and effectively in the family of God. Decide to obey God's word and take it as it is written. At it, uh, let me try that again. <laughs> Tongue twister. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Decide to obey God's word and take it as the written, spoken, God-breathed pattern for your life in the family. Don't be conformed to the world, its ways and theologies. Be renewed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be persuaded by outside influences, but be controlled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who has been sent to help you live your life in the family. He will constrain and restrain you and also release empower and enable you to live by the grace of God to handle any situation that might come your way. You may say, well, what does it mean to constrain and restrain you and also release and empower you? Well, say, for example, um, let me think of an example here. Okay, there was one time that somebody invited me to go to uh, some place, and they wanted me to go that night. And 
I wanted to go, but I, I didn't have a piece about it. I didn't have um, I, I didn't I didn't have a piece. I I didn't feel comfortable going. I had I had a bad feeling about going, and um, the more I thought about going, the more that uneasy feeling, the constraint or the restraint that was the Holy Spirit just giving me an uncomfortable feeling so I'd know not to go. And I didn't go and it ended up there was something wrong with with uh, the 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 power box and power went off. I had to get it changed and there's was a bunch of stuff that was going on there that was an old circuit breaker and they had to come out and switch the whole thing. So uh God was was helping with that cuz it was actually a hazard, a fire hazard and but God saved me from that and and uh they just, you know they came out and fixed it so that's one example there might be another example of of uh well for example in the world uh trade center when um that was unfortunately all the the things that that happened but there were people that day that even though they knew they had to go to work, they didn't have a good feeling about it. They felt that something was wrong and that they should stay home. So the ones that listened to that feeling, they stayed home and they didn't fall and they didn't die. There's examples of, of people who have been, they, they they have a flight reserved and they go to they you know they go through all the process they go to the airport and uh, they get to to where the plane is but then they have a really bad feeling they haven't heard anything and you know they haven't heard the still small voice of God talking to them they haven't uh, God's not said don't get on the plane. They have a really, really bad feeling like they're just not sophisticated on that plane. Like if they get on that plane, something bad is going to happen. And these are testimonies from people that have had that feeling. They've listened to that feeling even, and they've not got on the plane. Then later the plane has crashed and there's been no survivors. So that's those are some examples of being constrained, restrained. It's almost like a nauseous feeling, like a feeling of abode, like a, just a... An, an unrest, not a peace about get, doing something. We need to learn to be sensitive to the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to us because he not only speaks to us in a still, small voice, he, he can speak to us audibly sometimes. He speaks to us in, through other people through and also through that constraining and restraining but then there's also that release when he gives us a peace about doing something like maybe a peace. You have a peace about getting on the airplane. You feel okay. You don't feel like anything bad is going to happen. Uh, maybe you don't have a, maybe one day you normally take a left when you're driving to work. You take a left every day. The Holy Spirit says to you in, in a still small voice, or he says, you know, but you know it's him just take a right. You don't question it. You take a right. We just have to learn to be sensitive to that. I'm reminded of a story where this person uh, was driving. They were in a. They were just. They were just driving, and uh, uh, 
the, they heard in their spirit, the Holy Spirit said, pull over. And they're thinking in their head, and they're like, why am I going to pull over? You know, I've got to get somewhere. i got to this. Uh, the Holy Spirit's like, pull over. So they pulled over. And they pulled over on the side and, and uh, of the road, let the cars go by, and they just, you know, they waited until they got that release because he was, anyway, so they wait, They pulled over, and uh, a couple of cars went by them, and then all of a sudden there was like a seven-pile, a seven-car pile, pile-up or back-to-back, you know, accident. And they sat there, and they were shaking. They said, God, I don't understand. You told me to pull over. I pulled over. Why didn't you tell the person behind me to pull over? Why? And the Holy Spirit spoke back to that person and said, I did tell them to pull over, but they didn't listen. They didn't obey. They didn't act on it. And they went through. It was not my will for them to go through, but they went anyway. So we really have to learn to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling us through feelings in our spirit or speaking to us no matter how much sense it may or may not make because it could mean our very lives or the lives of somebody else. So it's very important that we listen to the Holy Spirit because he will give us the grace, the grace, to handle that any situation, as I said, that might come our way. So he will constrain and restrain you and I, and he will also release, empower, and enable you to live by the grace of God to handle any situation that might come your way. And finally, new birth. You are a part of the family of God in heaven and earth. So you you and I, because we're children of God, because we have Jesus in our hearts, we are part of the family of God in heaven and on earth. So we've got brothers and sisters all over the world, brothers and sisters in Christ. We've got brothers and sisters in Christ at church. We've got them all over the world, scattered all over. And you, you can run into somebody... Uh, that's a child of God, and it doesn't matter where you go, you'll always run into family, family of God. And uh, you may not even know their name at first or introduce, but you, you automatically are connected. We've also got family in heaven, family of God in heaven right now. They're up there. There's, you know, great, there's a witnesses, a great cloud of witnesses uh, watching from the banister of heaven watching us and cheering us on. You can do it. I, I overcame that problem. You can overcome it too. You can do it. They're rooting for us. It's our family in heaven. So we're part of a big family, a really huge family, family of God in heaven and on earth, and I think it's awesome, awesome thing. You know, some some people may have been born into abusive families, and uh, they may have 
gone through a lot of horrific ordeals and uh, been told they never amount to anything or or that they were just no good or that they just were lazy, good for nothing, and or they were abused physically or sexually or verbally, emotionally. But God's not, he's, he's not a child abuser. Our Heavenly Father, he's not a child abuser, and he's not going to hurt you in those ways. He doesn't look at you in the, the, those ways. He doesn't look at you like that. He sees you as perfect um, in his perfect only because of, of him. Because he sees you through the blood. He sees the finished product that was paid for by Jesus on the cross of Calvary. So he loves you and he loves me. And what a wonderful thing to know that maybe, um, sadly, maybe both your parents are dead. Maybe all of your relatives are just and friends are just about gone, dead, or they've moved away, or you're not in touch as much as you were before. But thankfully, although sadly that's the case, and it may get lonely. You've got a big family in God. You've got brothers and sisters all over the world, at your church, everywhere. And knowing that that you are loved so much by by him and by your family members. So it's going to be a big family reunion one day in heaven for those who have Jesus in their heart. So be encouraged with those words. I hope you were blessed by tonight's uh, lesson. Lessons, I should say. I should say because there's part, there were two parts to them. And uh, I just want to let you know about a Bible college that is um, I did two years at. And... Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful Bible college. And a new intake starts in August. And so I'm going to play you a quick promo. In the world, there is a problem. People are hurting. People are empty. Some very alone. People are broken. Many are lost. What they need is hope. They need healing. They need love. They need a savior. They need someone who will lay down their life. Someone with the fire of God who will hear God's call and bring Jesus to the world. What they need is a revival. There is a place called the River Bible Institute, a place dedicated to training believers how to live, minister, and flow in the anointing. And it's for anyone 
whether your heart is in business or full-time ministry. This is a place the Word of God is taught and demonstrated. The Word will challenge those of you attending to find clarity in your calling and deepen your relationship with the Lord. It will provide you with a new perspective on how to reach the lost for Christ and live in God's life-changing power. It is a place where you will be empowered to make a difference and set your world on fire with revival. God is calling for all believers. Will you answer? question. Will you answer the call? The call of God on your life and the call of the lost asking, is God real? If he is, send someone to help me. Will you go? Tell them about him? Because Jesus is coming back really soon. And he loves you so much. has a great plan for your life. And if if money has been standing in your way, you know, it starts in August. And I have, if if money has been an object for paying the tuition, I've been authorized by the school to give you a scholarship. So a, a free, full scholarship. You don't have to pay it back or anything. So, and if you know somebody else that has a color guard on their life, then you can give them a scholarship because I authorize you to give them a scholarship. And if they know somebody else that has a color guard in their life, they can give them a scholarship and so on and so on and so on. It's a ripple effect. And you have plenty of time to think of it and to get to, to plan things and trust God. And I, I can give you a scholarship for the River Bible Institute and the River School of Worship, but at this time, the River School of Government are not um, taking are not giving scholarships right now. But don't let that stand in your way. If God called you to it, He's going to bring you through it. He's going to supply all of your needs for it. It's a wonderful, wonderful school with the anointing of fire of God, and He's going to change you. You won't even recognize yourself by the time that it's over. If you want to check out the school, go to riverbibleinstitute.com, riverschoolofworship.com, riverschoolofgovernment.com. I'll tell you all about the schools, when it starts, and all kinds of awesome stuff you can find out about it. You can apply, apply online. But just if they ask, just tell them that Deborah, Deborah, that's me from Fire Talk Radio, gave you a scholarship. And uh, you can tell them that at the school. You can call 813-971-9999. Just ask to speak to somebody at the this, at the college. Let them know I gave you a scholarship, or you can also call, if that's a long-distance call from you, you can call 866-857-4837. And when you speak to somebody, let them know 
that you have a scholarship and that uh, you just want to, or if you need prayer as well, you can call that number, the one I gave you, the 866 number. And so just also, also with that. Now I know that I do have some listeners in South Africa and also Canada. So I wanted to let you know about my pastor uh where he's he's gonna he's actually going to South Africa and Canada in March and um in April. You can check out his itinerary at Revival.com, that's R-E-V-I-V-A-L.com. He's having 21 days of revival in South Africa. The first place is from February 22nd through the 27th. And I'm going to spell this word. I have not been taught how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to butcher the name. B-L-O-E-M-F-O-N-T-E-I-N, South Africa. Uh, a phone number for that is plus two seven five one five two five two eight eight three, and a website for all three locations is www.crc.org.za. So it's www.csincharlie r is in Romeo c is in Charlie dot org dot z is in zebra a is an apple now the next place from march 1st to march 6th is going to be at pretoria south africa that phone number is plus two seven eight four two one seven three one four two and the third place for Revival is Cape Town, South Africa. And that is plus two seven two one five five two four zero nine six. And once again the website for all three locations and for this entire twenty one days of revival in South Africa is www.crc.org. Dot Z-A. And in April 12th through the 17th, Drs. Ronnie and Adonica Howard Brown are going to be in Sarnia, Ontario, Canada. And the area, the phone number is 519-542-7789. Seven seven three one, and you can check out all the other events online, as I was telling you. And also, if you're in the Central Florida area, you can you can um, more than welcome to go to the to the uh, church live on Sunday at Sunday, 10 a.m., and also it's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and also on Wednesdays, Wednesday at 7 p.m. The address is 3738 River International Drive, 
Tampa, Florida, 33610. If you can't make it in person, you can watch live on on the uh, on the live stream on revival.com forward slash RTN. And uh, if you have any questions, comments, email, email me at firetalkradio2 at yahoo.com. That's a number two, so firetalkradio2 at yahoo.com. And also I'd love to have um, you follow me on my homepage at blogtalkradio.com forward slash firetalkradio2. And check out like my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash firetalkradio2. That's number two. And also Twitter is the same thing. Everything is firetalkradio2 with a number two. So um, see if there's anything else. Be sure and uh, join me tomorrow at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time for my special show on Valentine's Day called Love is Not a Four-Letter Word. And uh, I know I was late tonight with the show. Normally it's 8 o'clock, but uh, I had some things going on, so I had to do it late. But um, I just, I think that's everything for now and announcements and everything. So, uh Oh, one thing. I'm going to be playing a song that's a couple. It's gonna. It's gonna go over. Uh, you're live and on the air right now, but when it goes past the time of two hours, it's gonna cut off from being live to being recorded. So it, the song is gonna cut out on you, just like maybe a minute or two minutes of the song is gonna cut out live. But you can go back to it and listen to the archive, and the song will be on there completely. Uh, so sorry about that. It just sort of happened that way. But I want you to know you are special. You are loved by God and you are accepted in the beloved. He loves you. I love you. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand and envelop you in his love. On the 
Refreshing. 
That's where 
Hey. 
his life and shed his blood for everyone. I am amazed by your never-ending grace. You're the only 